Here comes short and sweet parenting tips. Hi everyone. In this short and sweet parenting tip number 15, we're discussing tantrums. I'd like to give you some different perspectives on tantrums, especially highlighting some proactive things you can do to help prevent them in the first place. Yay! (laughs) I'm also going to share some information about redirecting during tantrums. Now this is a shoot off from episode six about redirecting instead of saying no. So please go take a listen if you missed it. Let me real quick explain the meaning of redirecting your kids if this is new to you. Instead of just saying no, punishing or scolding your kids about something, you redirect them to what you want them to do instead. Redirecting is more focused on teaching your kid instead of just punishing the bad behavior. Now there are still consequences for their actions, but your words and actions guide them to the right thing instead of just using negative reinforcement. That's just a broad overview. So if you'd like some more information, like I said, you may want to check out episode number six. Plus, there's some big picture foundational information covered in the positive discipline episode number three, which can help you bring all of these suggestions together. Back to tantrums and redirecting. When researching my redirecting episode, it was so interesting that parenting authors seem to be split on whether or not redirecting during tantrums was a good strategy. So I'm going to give you both sides, but as with most of my suggestions, I encourage you to know your kid, do some low threat experimenting, and then tailor make what is going to work for your individual kiddo. In her article on redirecting your preschooler, award-winning writer and editor Amanda Rock recommends redirecting during a tantrum. Quote, Redirection is basically taking an emotionally charged situation and diffusing it, removing any lingering hard feelings. The energy and hard feelings from a negative situation, like a temper tantrum, are channeled elsewhere or redirected. Think of yourself as a neutral party there to broker some peace while also teaching your child important life lessons. But in the heat of the moment, while your child is clearly angry and frustrated, Redirection allows you to stop the negative behavior and change it to something that's safe and more constructive. End of quote. Bringing the opposite point of view is author Laura Agadoni in her article on ModernMom.com called Strategies Used to Redirect Child Behavior. Now she suggests creating redirection strategies before a situation escalates or really redirecting is very difficult. When it comes to outbursts, though, she suggests, quote, forget about redirecting during a full-blown tantrum because your child is not in a state to hear you. If you are at home, make sure the child cannot hurt themselves, then ignore them. If you are in public, calmly take your child away from the situation. The tantrum is usually just an attempt to get your attention. When you don't give in to it, the tantrum should end sooner. End of quote. With my sensitive child, at least, throwing a tantrum was 100% attention-getting. So the best thing I could do was not to give her attention for this behavior. Of course, I had to ensure she was safe and couldn't damage anything or hurt anyone, especially herself. The main advice I have about tantrums in public areas is to vacate ASAP. 
If you give in or change your behavior or rules because strangers are watching, it is completely reinforcing your child to use these outbursts to manipulate the situation. And kids are fast learners, I tell you. In times like this, I try to remember that being true to parenting my child is much more important than the opinions of strangers who I will likely never see again. Sometimes your kid might scream like you're beating them, causing everyone around to stare at you. Don't give in to your kid. You're just teaching them that if they scream bloody murder in public, you'll back down. Through it all, though, try your best to stay composed and objective. You should calmly focus on your kid instead of sheepishly apologizing to those around you. Getting you riled up is another way the kid can gain control of the situation. I know this is hard, especially if you have one kid who just pushes your buttons. (laughs) Just repeat this to yourself. I am the adult. I am the adult. I am the adult. Tantrums in public places like the store are tricky. But also know that if your kid is tired or hungry, you are walking into a perfect storm when you take them shopping. Actually, let's just park on the food part for a little. Some kids just need food by the clock. When you wait until they are showing their hunger, it is already Chernobyl time and you can't dodge the explosion. Making sure your kid's blood sugar is maintained even applies to middle schoolers, and in fact, some kids may never outgrow this. Hey, are there any adults out there with low blood sugar issues? So my daughter needed a snack when she got home from school, period. If I forgot or thought, eh, everything's okay, well, let's just say bad move. She would launch into full-blown flip-out mode, and when it finally dawned on me that she was hungry... She was so irrational, she refused to eat. If this rings a bell, it's probably a low blood sugar issue. Be proactive on this one. I always try to carry a fruit pouch or granola bar in my purse, maybe some nuts, just in case we're caught off guard with no easy access to food. I especially found this necessary when we lived overseas because snack food and vending machines were few and far between. For those of you who are listening from other countries, I'm sure you can relate. Sleep is the other biggie. I'm doing an entire episode on this soon. For now, though, let me just testify that when my kids don't get enough sleep, they are different people. They do not listen, cooperate, respect, obey, etc., etc. They don't act tired, but they behave like, well, naughty kids. I expect that some kids' behavior problems are simply due to a lack of quantity or quality of sleep, but more on that later. You know, I just realized another very important factor, especially in smaller kids, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, it's about getting your attention. I can't say it enough, but a parent's attention for a kid is one of the biggest motivators. If they cannot get positive attention from you, they will angle for the bad attention every time. Now, I'm not just talking about manipulative tantrums trying to get your attention. Let me use this hypothetical situation here. You're at your computer or on your phone, and your kid asks you to do something with them. You may absentmindedly tell them yes because you really do want to do something with them and then just continue finishing whatever you're working on. Time gets away from you and 
that's that. But think of how this translates to your kid. At best, it feels like a blow-off. At worst, it seems like you're lying to them with your yes or that you just don't care enough to spend time with them. Now, you don't want to communicate any of these messages to your kids, even if it's by accident. So if they are cranky or having an outburst with no apparent impetus, think to yourself if they previously asked you to do something with them and you put it off a couple times. Whether or not it's intentional on your part, be aware that your lack of response to their subtle and kind requests for attention could be contributing to their acting out in the future. I'm talking about the everyday variety of tantrums here, not the major meltdowns though. That being said, you don't need to drop what you're doing to hang out with your kids immediately every time they ask. Here's my suggestion when your kid asks you to spend time with them and you're in the middle of something. First, pause and look up from your device or project and make eye contact with them. Then be specific about when you'll be done with what you're doing and whether or not you even have time to play with them. Maybe even set a timer for yourself and them. If you can't do something with them now, though, arrange another time and activity with them. Again, try to be specific. Finally, communicate. (laughs) I believe that ineffective communication is the source of the most conflict in our household right now. It creates hurt feelings over misunderstandings that can easily be avoided. If you told your kids you'd be done in five minutes and you aren't, let your kid know that what you're working on is taking longer than you thought, apologize, and then give them a different expectation. Well, that afterthought turned out to be a bit more long-winded than I meant, but I think it's a key piece of the puzzle to be aware of. So, to head off tantrums, try to respond to your kids when they ask to spend time with you, and make sure they are rested and well-fed. Also, Learn your kid's motivation when they throw a tantrum. Is it to manipulate you or the situation or to just get attention? Regardless, with tantrums in public, be true to parenting your child, not reacting based on how you think others are judging you. Also, you may want to experiment with redirecting to see whether or not your kid responds to that approach. I hope this gave you some nitty-gritty tools to prevent tantrums and provided you with some tools to deal with active outbursts. Actually, prevent is the big take-home item on this one. That was this week's short and sweet parenting tip, fresh ideas in bite-sized portions. 